This is the Ghoul's Guide to Santa Barbara. We are not doing Get Help. I don't know. I don't know. We are not doing get help. I just give us a clue. I don't know. <laughs> Neither of you have probably seen this. This is my wheelhouse, not yours. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. That, is that the clue? <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, I don't know. There's no clue I can come it? up with. Really. Oh. It's uh time frame or something. Or who's in it? That quote is by Tom Hiddleston. We're not doing get help. Is it from a Loki thing? It is. Okay. <laughs> I wouldn't even know like what those movies are called. <laughs> That's so. what I'm saying. Thor. <laughs> Thor 1. Thor 2. It's from Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> okay. Which I've seen, but I just don't. I don't it's, know if I've uh, seen that It's one. the scene where Thor and Loki are in the elevator. And uh, he does a callback to a, like something they used to do as a kid called get help. Oh. And he basically... <laughs> The elevator door is open and he's holding Loki and he's like, help, help my brother. Oh, and, then he, and then he chucks him at the people oh, and then they take them all down. Fun. Uh, yeah. Chris Hemsworth again. <laughs> so Tom fun. Hiddleston yeah, again. Tom but Hiddleston. more again is the fact that, yes, this is the second Taika Waititi movie that I have done. Oh, yeah. Because he's the best. He's enjoyable. So, have you been watching... Our flag means death. Yes, and that's I watched another two episodes last night, Yay. and that's why I chose this movie <laughs> awesome. because I was once again enamored with I Taika. I can't watch it yet because I don't have HBO. But uh, are you, <sighs> what's the verdict overall? Are you enjoying? I am. Two? It's the greatest yeah. thing. Yeah, that has come it's out. Can I log into your time. HBO? Yeah, sure. sure. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, no I HBO. Mean, I yeah. won't share my login information. <laughs> oh, uh, it's so <clears throat> sorry. <laughs> It's so good. It's so good. good. It's I'm so glad. So yeah. Good. Did you watch? You watch the first season? I watched right? the first season yeah. like multiple, multiple times. Yeah. And it made its way into my working life too, where I'd be like, "And what do we do if something happens? We talk it through." Talk it through. That should be our motto here it should. too. Oh my gosh. It's, oh god. Yeah. So, so this particular movie was uh, is is kind of polarizing in the uh. <laughs> superhero genre community okay. um oh god is there a community are you in it yeah no, watch I this love, is gonna be I love you we're now we're now getting into the territory of uh this could be our our most popular we could get the most hits on this oh episode because of all the yeah, gatekeeping drama boys that are probably gonna come in here and tell me that my opinion sucks but uh Don't do it <laughs> but like Part of, you know, part of comic lore is the fact that like you have characters and then you have different writers and, and artists who take them in different places. Sure. And that's part of the mm -hmm. greatest thing about it is that, yeah. you know, these people get to create things um, that all kind of intersect with with these particular characters. I personally feel like Loki as a as a character is uh, just peak. Mm -hmm. uh, but I also, you know, I mean, I have I have thoughts and concerns i feel like nobody's really quite figured out exactly how to uh really honor him the best way in any of these movies um and tv shows uh <laughs> kenneth Branagh did the first thor movie really uh, and really taking 
someone who had done more classic uh, movies and was, yeah. yeah, and was handed amazing Shakespearean actors like Tom Hiddleston. Um, they did that. It was a great movie, but uh, Taika did what nobody had done with these movies before, and it was just so fun. And uh, yeah, his <laughs> his brand of humor, his mm-hmm. brand is is amazing, and and I. Like, I know there's a lot of people that don't like the movie and it was too weird for them, but I personally <laughs> love it and I think it's great. And he's uh, he's doing a Flash Gordon uh, oh, no remake way. and I am so excited about that <laughs> one because I loved the original Flash Gordon and I cannot wait to see what Tyke is going to do with it. That is awesome. <laughs> well, thanks, Jen. Yeah. Uh, oh, wait, real quick. Is that the one? Is Is that is that the one with? I can't remember. Wait, Hela, this... Hela, Hela, yes, the sister? yes. Um, okay. Oh God, what is it? Kate Blanchett. Yeah, I Hela. love her. But most importantly, Tessa Thompson is Valkyrie. <gasps> okay, I did see that one. I got a chill. She's so beautiful. Oh, I mean, I've I've identified yeah. as straight my whole life, but <laughs> Tessa Thompson is Valkyrie in that movie. Thank you, Taika. In everything that she's in, she what was that. What's that well, yeah, that show? was. But that would like. Sh- there's just like a moment uh-huh. when she's like walking in slow motion. What's that show? That HBO show with like, I don't know. My brain is. While you think of it, yeah. I'm just gonna say that I really appreciated the, um, the representation of Valkyrie's alcoholism yes. as being based in trauma. Yes. I loved that. Like, it, yeah. it was that was good. Taika just he the way he carries like the way he holds things in his hand and places them is just so beautiful always. Yeah, that was a... He's really good at that. That representation, I think, was important for some people. Yeah. Also, uh, uh, what was I just going to say? Oh, uh, speaking of Tessa Thompson and Chris Helmsworth, uh, they were great in the Men in Black. Yes, that was oh, so too. much fun. I didn't see that. Yeah, that was a great one. Did you think of it, Liz? Oh, I'm trying to fucking... <laughs> oh, F-bomb. <laughs> Google it. What are you trying to think the, of? The show that she's in. That was her oh. first F-bomb. I <laughs> no, I don't think it is. But... The show that Tessa Thompson's in? Yeah. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> we'll just delete this whole part. No. Yeah. This whole part of me finding the thing. No. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have to listen to us Googling. <laughs> I got to turn on the, um, and find the it. haptics so you can hear it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Tessa Thompson huh? shows. Westworld? Yes, Westworld. She Thank was you. Monica oh, Mars? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I hate when it. I hate when like IMDb or something. When someone goes on because I just was like, "What? She's on Loki? She hasn't been yet." I hope oh, that's not a spoiler. It is. <laughs> um. Oh yeah, Westworld was good. Yeah, except until the end. Right, and I, I think season. it is the last season that she's in. But like, she's this little bright spot in it. <laughs> she's good. She's yeah, I, I enjoy her very much, and she's beautiful. So today uh, on no, I'm gonna start oh, wait, over. I was gonna say <laughs> beep beep beep. Oh, you're not done. Okay. I know. I was gonna say um, back to your your movie quote. Um, when we recorded our 13 fave movies and things, mm-hmm. I was uh, I almost picked. Oh my god, my stupid brain. The Tom Hiddleston movie with Jessica Chastain and Crimson Crimson Peak. Peak. Oh yes. man, I, I should have put that on mine. <laughs> that movie is so it's so good good it's like i've never seen it oh it's it's uh it's beautiful people in beautiful costumes doing beautiful things and it's like kind of a 
it's gothic. It's like kind of a bad movie, but like yeah. it's a really good, is it? enjoyable okay. yeah. movie. Yeah. The cinematography is great. The color use <laughs> yeah. is really awesome. And it's Tom Hiddleston, so you can't go wrong. I mean, I was we were watching Loki last night and I was at one point I was just like, he's just so good at wearing clothes. <laughs> he just wears clothes really well. Okay, that was all I had to add. I didn't know this <laughs> intro was going to be so thirsty. I apologize. <laughs> oh, um all right so this is the ghoul's guide to santa barbara i'm summers i'm liz i'm jen and today liz is going to tell us about the ghost town of betteravia that's right i'm so interested i don't know what this is about (laughs) it's about a ghost town um (laughs) sassy so (laughs) a ghost town called (laughs) betteravia So if you have driven north of Santa Barbara on the 101 up through Santa Maria, (laughs) you may have have noticed the exit for Betteravia Road. Mm -hmm. Probably didn't think much of it unless maybe you were heading out to Vandenberg Air Force Base (laughs) or or Guadalupe or you wanted to avoid Highway 1 for for whatever reason. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I've never been to Guadalupe and I don't think I've been on Highway 1 through that part of the county, but... But, like, I've noticed that exit, just, like, you recognize street names that you pass frequently. Mm-hmm. Now that you said that, I'm like, oh, that's where I've heard this name before. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, this week, my story is about Betteravia, which is not just the name of the road oh. or the government center in Santa Maria. Oh. <laughs> but uh, it was a former town that was out on Betteravia Road and is oh. maybe Santa Barbara County's only ghost town. <gasps> so <laughs> I think that like ghost towns aren't really something that you think about in our area. Right. But I grew up in Northern California and like went to ghost towns as a kid. Um, have you guys ever been to, I've been ghost to Calico? Town? Oh, yeah. I've yeah. I was going to ask like, so I mean, I've heard the term a lot, but is so is a ghost town just like a town that just went like everybody left and it was just left? Or is it? Like, are there actual ghosts there? And that's why. Uh, I think it's generally just, it's abandoned. It's just abandoned yeah. town. Okay. I mean, but then, but like some of them have lore around them. Like Bodhi, if you know. But I think, actually, I think all ghost towns, they're like, don't take anything from here or you'll be haunted because they just don't the want cursed. stuff to like. Oh, right. They don't want it to just keep being dismantled. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that makes um, sense. Yeah. So it could be both. Yeah, it could be but both. But it's generally There's a boom town. Yeah, usually that, it's like Gold Rush, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. that was abandoned because the whatever, the, the opportunities dried up. Yeah, like the, the ones that I went to as a kid were definitely, I think, of that era. Gold Rush. Yeah, and yeah. like there were even like old mine shafts, you know, that like... Mm. <laughs> yeah, I'm picturing... Slightly venture into and then get really freaked out and be like, okay, I better not be in here. <laughs> right. Is it, there's like a section at... Knott's Berry Farm that's like a ghost town right yeah oh I haven't been there in a hundred years yeah and they have a they have a mine train ride oh yeah in that same section so if you take that Betteravia Road exit and head west Mm -hmm. uh in about four miles you're outside the Santa Maria city limits the North County Jail is right there that new jail okay um but if you continue on for about another mile you will reach the remnants of a little town called Betteravia can we go yeah (laughs) yeah I'm going to tell you. Um, <laughs> so I learned that the word betteravia comes from betterave, which is the French word for sugar beet or sweet root. 
Wow. And this is so satisfying to my brain. <laughs> Thank you, Liz. And this town uh, sprung up around a sugar factory that was established <gasps> there in 1899. Oh, could I tell you something? Yes. I'm so sorry to be this person again. Okay. So when I lived in England, I lived in York, huh? and there are um, two chocolate factories nearby, like uh, like Willy Wonka. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And one of them, the Round Trees factory, is close to York enough that when they process sugar beets, you smell it all over town. <gasps> wow. And they smell like bacon. Re- really? <laughs> I thought, I was going to say, do they smell like chocolate? No, they <laughs> smell like bacon. That's wow. interesting. So the whole town so smells like just bacon? In, just in case you wanted a, uh, I was going to say nasal picture, but I don't think nasal <laughs> is the word. <laughs> old an olfactory. An olfactory picture of what uh, a sugar beet town might like smell bacon. like. bacon. How interesting. Yeah. I went to York once and I like to think it was when you lived there. I bet it, it might have been. It when did you go? Two thousand. Yep. I was save there. it for the save it for she the eight was ball. There. <laughs> um, so when I tell you <laughs> that I went on a deep dive into the history of sugar and oh. the sugar industry, <laughs> I love that. And I'm trying to spare you from nope. like anyway. You're nope. gonna, I'm just going to give you tell do us it all too about much, sugar. So I apologize it. in advance, um, but we love useless trivia. So we do. <laughs> so most sugar comes from sugar cane. Okay. Currently, like 79% of the sugar worldwide mm-hmm. comes from sugar cane, and the rest mostly comes from sugar beets. So I read that cane sugar has been used for much longer than beet sugar. Okay. Early Greeks and Romans wrote about how rare cane sugar was. In the third century BC, it was called honey from bamboos. <laughs> <laughs> um, the <laughs> Just like... Listener, That's if delightful. you are not into this, just skip forward a couple of minutes. No, don't you dare. <laughs> okay. There's going to be a quiz. <laughs> so uh, the sugar beet was mentioned as an important food source for the builders of the pyramids in Egypt. No way. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for your enthusiasm. <laughs> no, now I'm picturing like ants. And did they just like eat them like apples or cut into them or cook them? Or, okay. I don't know. Um, in 1590, the first written record of using beets to produce sugar came from Oliver Dessert, a oh. French author and soil scientist, and he wrote, the juice Whoa. yielded on boiling is similar to sugar syrup. Huh. <laughs> I said, oh my God, this is so boring. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not. It's fascinating. It's good. Okay. So it wasn't until 1747 that sugar was first actually produced from beets. Okay. That was done by a German chemist named Andrew S. Margraf. Mm. And then it wasn't until 50 years later that one of his students, Carl Franz Achard, mm-hmm. sure, uh, perfected the method. And the first sugar beet factory in the world was built in 1799 oh. in a region called Silesia, which is now mostly in Poland and partly in Germany and okay. partly in the Czech Republic. Okay. So, uh, you know, how borders change and whatever. Uh-huh. Um, Istanbul, Nakamba. Yes. So, um, in 1806, Napoleon issued a blockade of any products from England or its colonies, mm-hmm. which cut off France's supply of sugar okay. and sent the price like skyrocketing mm-hmm. um, because usually they could just get the cheap cane sugar produced by slave labor oh. from the colonies. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know. They needed their pastries. And so in 1811, he issued a decree to establish beet sugar schools and to plant 79,000 acres of sugar beets so that France could produce its own sugar. Okay. So 79,000 acres (laughs) is about 123 square miles. 
way too many football fields or Walmarts. <laughs> but uh, in a previous episode, I mentioned Santa Cruz Island is about 95 square miles. Uh-huh. So that's a, me- a measurement. Okay. <laughs> that's a lot of sugar beets. It's a lot of sugar yeah. beets. Yes. So while beet sugar production is spreading through Europe, it's also kind of taking off in the United States. But um, early early attempts to grow sugar beets here and to produce the sugar were not going great. <laughs> okay. Um, like factories were being built and failing. Um, there was one near Philadelphia in 1830, mm-hmm. Massachusetts in 1840. Utah became a state in 1847. And because it was so expensive to transport goods there, Mormons were like establishing their own industry for, for all of the things that they needed. And so mm-hmm. they tried to get the sugar beet industry going in 1852, mm-hmm. but had just abandoned it by 1855. <laughs> and so like... Is that why like corn syrup became so frequently used here now because they couldn't i don't know i don't I'm have anything sorry, about yeah. corn syrup sorry <laughs> we're not corn. this episode isn't about the sponsored the by history. sugar beets jen don't talk <laughs> about corn just syrup about the history of sweeteners in the, the united and states Splenda. i'm not getting into that today sorry <laughs> <laughs> so um other factories were built and failing like all over the country uh farmers were either unwilling or unable to produce the volume of sugar beets needed to supply the factories. Okay. Oh, and like random note, um, cane sugar production was apparently almost entirely based in Louisiana at the time. Mm. And now it's really in like Louisiana, Texas, and Florida. So growing cane sugar requires a more tropical climate um, to grow. That makes sense. So back to our sugar beets. The first sugar beet refinery in California was built near San Francisco in 1856, but Again, failed within a few years. Uh, in 1870, a factory was built in Alvarado, which is now Union City in the Bay Area. Oh. Mm-hmm. And the first uh, beet sugar in California was finally produced. So it took 14 years from the first factory being built to even like make, to actually produce sugar from sugar beets. Wow. Um, so that factory was pretty successful until a drought destroyed the sugar beet crop and the factory was closed. Another in Sacramento lasted a few years, but struggled with army worms, which I did not <gasps> Google because I don't need to know about yeah. another new bug. Sounds <laughs> terrible. <laughs> and grasshoppers and drought. And eventually that one closed. And it, they also noted, uh, the inexperience of the people attempting to produce the sugar. So like clearly growing the sugar beets and then producing the sugar from them was like challenging sugar beet industry is rough it is <laughs> so so the one in alvarado um by 1882 was the only sugar mill in operation on the pacific coast and then in 1886 it was partially destroyed by a boiler explosion uh and it was rebuilt and i promise we will get to santa barbara soon <laughs> <laughs> But first, we're going to take a detour through Oxnard. So for anyone listening who's not familiar, Oxnard is a city about 45 miles southeast-ish, I guess, Mm -hmm. of us, like halfway between Santa Barbara and L.A. in Ventura County. So a man named Henry T. Oxnard... Did you know Oxnard Whoa, was named after a person? No, I, I thought it was like, I don't know what I thought it was, but I thought it had something An to do with oxen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so. I always thought it was an unfortunate name for a town. So now I feel it's an unfortunate well, name, name for, for a family. Oxford is like where you would ford oxen over a river. Oh. So like, I thought it was something like, like where a term. you would nard. <laughs> You would nard your oxen. <laughs> Is that like like castrating? <laughs> I guess. I guess that would be D n- Oxnard Denard or Ox Denard. Oh 
<laughs> and our 12 year old boy humor comes out yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway henry t oxnard and his brothers <laughs> ran the american crystal sugar company and they built oh. a sugar beet factory near port wainimi mm-hmm. um and uh henry even planned to name oxnard zachary which was the greek word for sugar because he was like we just name. we just cannot go with oxnard <laughs> but um but nobody like, wants to buy houses here I know. <laughs> uh, but like for some reason it's so weird like i didn't really uh, i couldn't really it just they were just like the town decision makers just didn't really get it so he just named the town after himself which is so weird to me that I like Clearly, he was like important enough to name. Yeah, to if you get have to name the, the town, like he had naming rights, <laughs> but they were like, no, like so, like why couldn't he name it what he wanted? Anyway, so goofy. Um, they were so- just like, guys, it's gonna be funny forever. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Make him name um, it after himself. <laughs> yeah. So, so after all of these attempts and failures in California and around the United States, um, finally, the sugar beet industry is like thriving in California at the nice. tail end of the 1800s. And so the people who ran the factory in Alvarado established Union Sugar Company. And in 1899, they built a sugar mill in North Santa Barbara County near Santa Maria. Okay. I told you we'd get here. You did it. <laughs> we oh. have arrived in Better Avia. <laughs> Brought yeah. us back around. Uh, fun fact, Santa Maria was called Grangerville. And oh. then it was called Central City. Mm-hmm. And it was finally named Santa Maria in 1885. They're just trying to be the center of something. Yeah, like, I was gonna say we count. We didn't count. you say they're trying to like they want to? Yeah, create North a new county. Constantly, they want to call them from us. Yeah, I remember they wanted to call themselves something dumb. Oh, there were a lot <laughs> no of offense, different sorry. names. One of them was Mission County, but like there have been a couple. Every time they want to secede, they pick a different That's name. So funny. <laughs> yeah, like, maybe they should go with what was what was the thing the guy wanted to name Oxford? Zachary. They should just call themselves Zachary. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, during construction of the factory, a hotel was built to house the workers. And then oh. as the factory came into operation, the town of Bedaravia was developed, like like right next to the factory. I found some old photos. Oh, that we workforce share. housing. Yeah. Mm, that's a crazy concept. Right. Mm-hmm. So, Imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> so there were um, 65 little cottages built oh. and some larger homes and then even nicer homes for like the superintendent and the plant manager so like when you as you moved up in the company you were offered better housing <laughs> so and i just made faces and looked at each other <laughs> boo hierarchy i know and then um i read that the plant manager's house had fish ponds and an aviary <laughs> and of course like um an a- aviary why yeah, i don't That's- know <laughs> random yeah. <laughs> like aspirational you can have disgusting I, birds and i know your, i like birds but you know but cleaning I, up after them is nightmarish i had an aviary for a while oh you did you, mean you had a an actual had aviary a yeah yeah i had it and that well I mean, is that a just, bird cage yeah it's just a big bird cage <laughs> but like when you call it an aviary don't you picture like you i picture like the, well, it was big enough the that butterfly like, i could walk inside the museum, yeah. yeah no i mean oh. it was big enough that i could walk oh inside. you had a big one okay yeah but it was in the backyard for her to oh fun fly around in and there was also, uh, of course, like, you know, the minorities got the less good housing yeah. and were oh, separate, like in different great. parts of, you know, like kind of segregated. Oh, um, no. So it was not like all yay workforce housing. Like it wasn't perfect. It was kind of like meh workforce housing. <laughs> know, right. No, boo. I mean, boo workforce yeah, housing. Yeah. Um, so uh, 65,000 acres or about oh. 10 square miles of sugar beets were planted to supply the factory. But the first year, they suffered from drought and beet blight. 
<laughs> and uh, I use that to call in sick. I can't come in. I've got. I have got beat blight. Beat blight. Please, please don't repeat that. Don't Google it either. <laughs> um, so only three thousand. That just reminded me of uh, yeah. uh, my friend used got the morbs the other day. <laughs> And I remember we we were talking about that. Oh. Can't come into work. I've got the board. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Okay. So only 3,000 acres were harvested this first year in operation. Um, so they, they harvested 16,000 tons of beets, which produced... Uh, one thousand three tablespoons. <laughs> one thousand six hundred seven <laughs> tons of sugar. <laughs> Can I just jump in to say? Uh, sometimes we look at our analytics. Yeah. For the pod, and um, Jen is in charge of <laughs> interpreting the the numbers. That's right. And she just does it incredibly wrong for our entertainment every time. And I like the callback to it with the three teaspoons. <laughs> Because uh, everything's made up and the points don't matter. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, okay. What is that from? Ooh. Whose line is it anyway? Okay. Oh, funny. Oh, that's nice. right. Yeah. That's I knew how, it was from something. That's, that's good. I, that's how I view our analytics. I love it. <laughs> so they produced 1,607 tons of sugar that first year, which sounds like a lot, but apparently was a disappointment compared to what oh. they were like expecting. I'm hoping for. And so for your context of how much a ton is. Thank you. We, I was just. Thank you. <laughs> we know it as 2,000 pounds. Uh-huh. Um, and what types of things weigh a ton, you ask? I do ask. The Liberty Bell? Yes. <laughs> I'm getting chills periodically during this episode because Liz is speaking my language. Other things. Uh, 73 bars of gold bullion. Thank you. That's uh, a good callback, too. I know. I thought so. Um, a walrus. <laughs> I love you. I love you. I love you. Have more babies. <laughs> but, um, <clears throat> I propose our official podcast weight measurement for a ton uh-huh. is a 1979 Volkswagen Beetle. Yep, I'm for okay. it. I'm for it. Jen, do you agree? <laughs> Only if I get to punch you every time we bring it up. <laughs> you can Could take you? turns. You can punch me too. I don't like the tone of bullying that just happened to me on my slug podcast. Mug. My you get, you get one. stop my children's slug bug and now I have to get hit constantly. It's only fair. Oh no, I'm sorry. <laughs> Why is it fair? Oh, I don't like it. Oh. Okay, I'm, okay, I'm no for hitting. it. I'm for so, it. 1,607 Volkswagen Beetles worth of sugar that first year. Okay, that's a respectable amount. I, I mean, I feel but it like, wasn't what they were going yeah. for. It was okay. that's a lot of sugar walruses. <laughs> Shut your face! <laughs> like a massive sugar cube, but it's in the shape of a walrus <laughs> or a Volkswagen oh. Beetle. Um, uh-huh. So in 1901, which I think is like just the next next year, they only managed to produce 3,500 tons, and then in 1903, they were up to 8,000 tons. So okay, they were, they're, they're, they're making yeah, progress. Yeah, making progress. Um, in uh, another episode. Gosh, was it the Santa Cruz Island one? I mentioned that beef was big in Santa yeah, Barbara County. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, right next to the factory, they had a feedlot uh, that held like 60,000 cattle and they fed the beet leavens uh, to the cows. So like, <laughs> okay. yay for organics recycling. Yeah. Um, a railroad line was built like right up to the factory to move supplies in and sugars, sugar out. And like, it still exists. Okay. You can see it on Google Maps. Um, cool. They also 
used like 20 mule farm wagons to move produce to the factory. Uh-huh. And an article in the Santa Maria Times talked about this and um, said that local legend has it that the streets of Santa Maria are exceptionally wide because as the town was laid out, one of these 20 mule wagons was circled to make sure that the streets were big enough to accommodate it. Oh, I bet. Um uh oh gosh i have a reference to another can i sorry um (laughs) on what's that podcast something percent invisible oh 99 yeah thank you um they talk about the the city planning and design of salt lake city and how the streets there are so wide because they wanted to be able to like fully turn a mule train or something like that around and that's why it takes forever to cross the street there so yeah santa maria has it does have big streets right big wide streets yeah yeah so, so this article that I read um, was, it was from, I think, 2006, and it was related to this um, book that was being released at the time. And it was written by a local author named Hal Madsen. And um, I was super bummed that I was, like, not going to be able to get my hands on this book because it's, mm-hmm. um, like, super expensive this on Amazon. you dragged me to the genealogical library? I dragged Jen to the <gasps> genealogical <Did> library because <laughs> they have a copy. So it's by Hal Madsen, and it's called Betteravia, Memories of a Modern California Ghost Town. It has tons of photos, historical information, um, interviews with people who lived there. There is this uh, memory included from a woman named Roberta Woods. Um, I don't know if she worked at the factory, but it, uh, but it said, she said, the managers used to get together in the mornings for meetings over coffee. The coffee pot was a big one, and they never cleaned it. One day, Bill Crane knocked over his cup, and the contents took the varnish off the tabletop. <gasps> they decided Gross. to clean the pot after that. <laughs> oh, wow. I know. Um, so by 1918, the Union Sugar Factory in Betteravia was the sixth most successful beet sugar producer in California. And at its peak, I think there were over 2,000 residents living in this little town, and most of them worked for the factory. Um, so in addition to the factory, the hotel and the housing, they had a church, a fire department, a schoolhouse, a post office, a gas station, a general store and a dance hall. Hmm. There was um, thriving life. Yeah. Uh, there was a lake next to the factory called Guadalupe Lake, which, uh, like was one of the largest natural lakes in California at one point, but does it still exist? (laughs) Not much of it is left yet. Uh Uh, so Madsen's book says the last time anyone water skied on it was in the 1950s. Uh, <laughs> and, but it's like it's still la- labeled on Google Maps, like right next to the factory. Yeah. It's still labeled as that, but it's just like mostly just like ag land un- and a little tiny bit of water. Unwater skierable? No, I don't think you can water ski on it. <laughs> so the sugar factory was kind of declining in the 20s, uh, but then there was like a bunch of growth in the 30s. Um, droughts every few years really hurt the crops, which is like not surprising. Yeah, that's just what say, we have and the here. Rest of us. <laughs> yeah. Um, during World War II, like we talked about in earlier episodes, there was the oil tanker that was sunk um, by a Japanese submarine just up the coast in Cambria. There was a bombing at Elwood. And Summers, your German prisoners of war from <gasps> Camp Cook, also worked in the sugar beet fields. Oh, no way. Yeah. And so another account in this book. Um, Nazi beets. <laughs> I know. From. Uh, this quote was from <laughs> such a good album. <laughs> <laughs> oh I apologize. Oh, no. You can cut that out. <laughs> oh, okay. So, oh, no. <laughs> why do you, we get so punchy during my episodes? <laughs> I don't know, but I love it. It's so I can't stop. <laughs> I'm about to silent laugh. Oh. I'm sorry, I interrupted with that. Oh, that's okay. Shitty. 
Oh, man. Simmer down. <laughs> okay. No. Oh. Okay. So another account in Hal Madsen's book was from a man named Ernest Rigetti. And I have, is this the namesake of Rigetti High School? Oh. Is Rigetti High School? Is that in Santa Maria? I don't know. Why do I know this name? Mm, yeah, wait, no, that's Lompoc? Ventura County. No? I don't oh, know Ventura? Okay. I feel so, like we used to play them. Okay. I was like, I know this is a, a school somewhere in the area. <laughs> so I don't know if there's any relation to, to this man. But he said, German POWs were used to top the beats in our fields. They often had candy and they would share it with us kids. When we got home, mom would make us throw us out. Mom would make us throw it out because she thought it had been poisoned. <laughs> that would be me. Yeah, no, that Get was rid that, of that Nazi candy. <laughs> yeah, that was like the, the don't poster. Take, don't take candy from Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> that was the like the idea with the um oh the U.S. Office of War Information yes. propaganda was like grow your own, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So don't accept candy from the German POWs, kids. Um. Oh, so but also mentioned in this book, and I. I can't remember if we talked about this, but an, an enemy submarine washed up on Piz- at Pismo Beach. What? <laughs> what? That was north of our stories. I know, but I just didn't know if we talked about it at all. No, I don't okay. think so. so. Yeah, I didn't think so either. So that's kind of wild. Uh, so in the 1960s, Union Sugar Company decided that it didn't want to maintain the town any longer. Uh, you know, keep up with the infrastructure <laughs> and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And so they started selling off the cottages and oh. um, telling people Should've to clear out. Then. Mm-hmm. I know. So I saw one account that said they were sold for $50 a piece and saw right. one that said they were sold for $65. But some residents bought the houses and moved them off site. Um, some... Can I just, yeah. that is such a fascinating <laughs> thing to me, like moving entire houses oh, know, right? and buildings. Yeah. You like... can have it if you can move it. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. Um, so some people stuck around until the company finally evicted the stragglers and shut it all down in 1966. So the houses that weren't moved were torn down. Um, but apparently some of those houses are still there in like Orca and Guadalupe. Oh, neat. I know, right? So in March 1988, there was a sugar dust explosion at the factory. What? And yeah, and several employees were hurt, some critically. Um, One thing that I saw said that a few of them died, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, By this time, sugar beets weren't being farmed around the factory. um, And the cost of transporting them in from Stockton and Los Banos um, and other areas in the state was getting to be too costly. Okay. And then also the buildings were going to be required to be brought up to current earthquake safety codes Mm. and the boilers needed updating. And so like all this is going to be expensive. Mm -hmm. So then in 1993, the factory was closed. And according to the Madsen book, um, at that time, it was the oldest operating sugar beet refinery in the country. I was going to say that was like 1993. Yeah. Yeah. That wasn't that long ago. I know. So what is left of this little town? It seems like it's just part of this aging factory. And so when this book Mm -hmm. came out in 2006, the property was owned by the Suddy family. Mm -hmm. uh, And they ran their farming business out of the factory's office building and other agricultural tenants still used space there. Interesting. Um, yeah, there was a movement in 1997 to bring back the lake. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Like community members were, um, they had like f- like a Friends of Better Avia Lake, or, you know, uh-huh. organization or something like that, and they were trying to get grant funding, um, but they didn't get any funding, and it just didn't go Which anywhere. They all just filled a bucket and then went <laughs> out, out there. there. I know. And the lake's like, I don't actually know them. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> They're not my friend. Um, so uh, they really wanted to water ski again. Yeah, <laughs> right. 
So it is private property. Um, So any abandoned urban explorer types who may be listening, do not seek the treasure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But like it's right on Betteravia Road. So you can drive by and check it out. According to Yelp, there's a bomb taco joint across the street. Um, That's enough to make me go. I know, right? You can just sit there and have some tacos and just like look at the factory. Um, But (laughs) Ghoul's Guide. Tell random people about the history of sugar beets. Yes. (laughs) Right. Uh Did you know? Fun fact, that place across the street (laughs) is actually... (laughs) They smell like bacon. (laughs) Um, But yes, the ghouls, we do not condone trespassing, even to see something super cool like this. One Um, of us does, but we're not going to tell you which one. No, I'm kidding. We don't. As a kid, I definitely did. Oh, me too. Same. (laughs) We do not. Um, But others have done it and have shared their accounts and photos. Oh, great. Okay. (laughs) So I found a couple uh, that we'll share on our website. So you can see photos of the property if you are into that sort of thing. And so that's ghouls guide to sb.com that's right um but these folks who did trespass and go in there like mm-hmm. they said that it definitely felt sketchy or okay. they were approached by security okay um or given weird looks by truckers driving through the property because yeah. it is like it's not like tell them large march then. <laughs> oh, so it's not like i don't know the ghost towns that i went to as a kid where it was where just but like now in hindsight i'm like well were we trespassing like or was this no, a place I'm- you were able to visit legally um but yeah, next time we're up in Santa Maria, cruise by and check it out. Um, I looked on Google Maps and Google Street View, and you can see like what remains of the factory from the road. Um, and then just some random tidbits that I wanted to tell you, but it just didn't really have a good spot in my story. Okay. Um, the people who worked at Sugar Beet Factories mm-hmm. were called Sugar Tramps. <gasps> I was gonna. I was when you started that sentence. I was like, "Oh, are you gonna tell us what they were called?" <laughs> Nice. Satisfying. <laughs> Good. Okay. So he's a sugar tramp and I love him. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, people in the industry got See what their... what Thanks. <laughs> I, was, I was hoping we would go there. <laughs> um, <laughs> people in the industry got their news from periodicals like Facts About Sugar. Oh. And, sweet. <laughs> oh, sweet. Huh. No, that's dumb. And also... No sweet. And also... Sugar Beet Magazine. Oh my and god! I love Sugar oh Beet Magazine. Oh my god! That's adorable. Harkens back to Teen Beat, and so I'm picturing like <laughs> heartthrobs of the Sugar Beet industry. Vital stats. I'm just picturing like on a different like, beat. Uh, beats with floppy hairdos on the yeah. cover. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So anyway, my sources for this wonderful history of the sugar industry. <laughs> included um, the Santa Maria article that I mentioned, Santa Maria Times article by Emily Welly, uh-huh. um, the book Better Avia, um, Memories of a Modern California Ghost Town, uh-huh. Wikipedia, of course, um, the Santa Maria, oh no, I'm going to say it wrong because I didn't write it down, the, the Santa Maria Railroad History It's okay though because folks. we'll be putting all Weekly. of our sources yeah. on our website. Yes, yeah. okay. and then I, um, History of the Beet Sugar Industry in California hmm. and... Uh, the 1937 master's thesis of Margaret Palmer Dennis on the oh, history cool. of the beet sugar industry in California that she wrote when she was attending USC. Aww. Yeah, so <laughs> we'll share all these sources on the, the website. Mr. Oxnard. <laughs> yeah. I know. <laughs> oh, boy, Delightful. So there's your story of Better Avia. Oh, wow. <laughs> Liz, that was excellent. I feel better as a human for knowing these facts about sugar beets. I'm glad. I do. I know you're being sarcastic, but I love it. That was so interesting. I wish I was being sarcastic. I'm not. I love this stuff. (laughs) Um, So do we have a question for the Magic 8-Ball? We do. I have one. It was if you guys were in York at the same time. Oh, that's right. Oh, we didn't get out the 8-Ball. Okay. 
fail. And that is a good okay. question because I wasn't in New York for all of 2000, I don't think. It was I was like July 2000. No, don't okay. don't confirm it before the magic <laughs> okay. eight ball okay. confirms it Just for ask. us. Okay, oh, am I doing it? Okay. Yeah. It is certain. And that is true. I was there <laughs> in July. There. Yay! Yeah. yeah. <gasps> Exciting. Passing like um, ships in the night. I know, right? <laughs> Let's go back sometime. I want to go and look for you. Can we can the three of us go to York? And go trick or treating. Yes. So that it'll be <laughs> and we're like all take, the magic eight ball. We're gonna take cat with with us, my friend Cat. Awesome. She's gonna go. Can uh, I also take my cat with us? Yeah. Okay. On the no, plane. actually, no. because they have these rabies things. You have to like you you can't you can't travel. To- I mean, there might be a way to do it, but you have to, you have to like board your cat for like in a this official facility for a long time because of rabies because they don't have rabies there you. so they don't yeah. want it really yeah That's sorry aaron purr you can't come to york you also can't come because i'm allergic to yeah you. so <laughs> for many reasons you don't get to come on this trip <laughs> <laughs> that was an awesome episode Liz. thank you so much Thanks. so y'all you've been listening to the ghoul's guide to santa barbara we've been summers liz and jen still uh, are yep Thanks for listening and be sure to join us again for our next episode when we're going to learn about another cold case, the murder of Margaret Centenay in Carpinteria. Ooh. All right. We'll see you next time. Bye. Hi, Mom. Thanks for listening to The Ghoul's Guide to Santa Barbara. Like and subscribe on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Ghoul's Guide to SB. Our website is ghoulsguidetosb.com. Got a spooky story or know of a haunted or paranormal location in Santa Barbara? Send it to us at ghoulsguidetosb at gmail.com.